Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Congratulations on not taking your own life this week, guys. It's hard out there. Uh, seriously, you're doing. You're doing a really good job. I don't know who needs to hear this, but you're doing a really good job. Welcome to another episode of The Voices in Our Heads. I am the voice in your head, Christina Marie Hutchinson. What you doing, Kevin? Don't be looking at that tree. I swear to God, my baby's a tree hugger, but not a hippie. He literally tries to hug the tree and it's going to fall over on him. And I swear to God, I will kill you if you die under that tree. Okay? Okay. I'm very excited for the second annual Feel Your Feelings January. Here's the deal, guys. Last January was the last sane month we had, right? (laughs) Um, I went as long as I could, which was like 23 days, with no weed, no booze, no weed and no booze. And so I... I really liked it. It gave me a good reset. Just how so you know how much marijuana I consume because everybody's at a different level with it. I smoke weed every night. But as the year goes on, I start smoking more and more and it so for me feel your feelings January is about getting a hard reset on my marijuana intake and drinking. That's never drinking I it, or it's fine. I don't really care to go going without it doesn't hurt my feelings or soul. So I know it does for other people. But uh, I'm going to do not do those as long as I can. And I'm going to do I'm going to ramp it up this year by forcing myself to play songs and sing on the piano and post them to Instagram or do, either do them live or something. I want to I want to do something something that scares me. And you hear me talk about meditation a lot. Um, I want to meditate for like not an hour straight because that gives me the willies. The idea of sitting for an hour straight, not looking at the TV or my phone. Or nothing, not doing a puzzle or playing a fart song. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but I want to try and see if I can do like 20 minute meditations a day. I'm going to be, whoo, I'm going to be feeling my feelings. Girl, I'm going to feel my feelings. So if you want to join me, please do it. All you need to do is just say, okay, I'll do it. And just try. You know, this shit ain't about getting down on yourself. Don't look, don't look for another excuse to beat yourself up okay that's not what this is about it's just trying something new and being uncomfortable with your feelings feelings are not comfortable of course Kevin you know you weren't playing with that like at all today until I started recording and I feel like that's rude so you can go fuck yourself but I love you I love you so much my baby Oh, I love him so much. It's crazy. So I have a Feel Your Feelings January playlist on Spotify, which you can subscribe to. I'm going to put the link to the Spotify playlist in the description of this website. Um, and it's basically, I asked people on Instagram last year, I'm like, what song makes you fucking cry? Either cry or just puts you in your feelings, like a beautiful song. Um and a lot of people gave me a bunch of suggestions, but I want to ask you guys again uh, on this podcast. And you can email me um, or DM me on Instagram. Don't matter. But I'll pu- and I'll put a little reminder, like, hey, DM me or email me your uh, the songs that the songs that make you feel shit. Do you know what I'm saying? This song, I kind of overplayed it to death, so it lost its uh, it lost its oomph. But and I know I played this on the on last year on Feel Your Feelings January. But this song, just take a second, and listen to this song real quick. Just the first couple seconds. Stop. So it is just like you said it would be. I'm so sad. That's such a beautiful song. That's the Blower's Daughter by Damien Rice. But yeah, DM me or email me um, any songs that make you. To put you in your feelings, because I'm gonna. I've been listening to that playlist lately a lot, and I want to make. I want to make some additions and some subtractions because sometimes I, some some songs I put on there, I'm like, that song's not fucking. And it doesn't have to be one that makes you cry. It's just ma- one that really makes you feel. You feel alive, feel dead, whatever you want. Um, feeling songs. So feel your feelings, January. I'm doing no booze, no marijuana, um, and that's. I don't really do other drugs, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a ton of ecstasy and meth and uh, mushrooms. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Just want to be sober for the month. Just to see. And I'm going to force myself to do things I don't want to do. 
like uh, playing piano and singing the songs. For some reason, singing is the most vulnerable thing a person can do in my eyes. I just think it's so admirable. If When somebody could sing and be completely relaxed in front of a camera or in front of people, I'm like, how the fuck? Because when I'm by myself, I've been playing piano a lot lately because I've been practicing for Feel Your Feelings January because I'm be playing songs from that playlist. And I'm going to say why it makes me feel feelings and then I'm going to play it and I'm going to try not to cry. But I can get to a place by myself where I, I'll play a song on the piano. I'm like, oof. Afterwards, I'm like, God damn, I'll look around. Like, did anybody else hear that? That was really good. <laughs> so yeah sober baby let's let's try just try it you know just try it just try it i know it's a t- shit time to go sober right in the middle of a pandemic but hey just rest on your the laurels that you have everything you need the entire universe is inside your heart center that's a meditation shit um okay so a friend sent me this song that i can't i i i, I my friend knows that I love fart stuff, right? Uh, but this song that he texted me was, it put me, it almost sent me into a fucking seizure. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at this song. And I just wanted to play a little bit for you. Uh, it's called, by Dr. Sound Effects, uh, you get it on Spotify. It's called Jingle Smells Stinky Tunes. <laughs> and this is the song. Okay, ready? farts those are some real toilet bowl guttural farts the guttural run and the da, 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 da. <laughs> that kills me every time oh my god this is so funny i'll never write a joke that's that funny one time my dad well he didn't fart at a funeral it was an open casket one that was the first ever open casket funeral i went to for uh, my aunt not blood related but we called her my aunt and um i was like ah i didn't want to see her dead but okay i guess that's happening and it, you know it was sad we we miss her and love her and stuff and then she's sitting there just not alive and i was like that's just very bizarre and in the midst of me thinking about that uh, while her husband was her widow was uh making a beautiful impassioned speech my dad's stomach growled in a way that could that it sounded like one of those farts it, but it was one of these guys. It was one of these growls. It, I swear it was a fart, but it was his stomach. It was like this. Like it was like a, like it was trying to, sir, yes, sir. And my dad and I laughed. Will we try not to? Because it's in the middle of the the widows of the dead woman, my aunt, uh, making this speech and crying. And he's fucking farting from his stomach. And we are da. Well, I don't want to say dying. That's inappropriate. Oh, man. Dun, 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 dun. Anyway, it just made me think of that because I miss my parents, but I'm still not talking to them because I'm standing up for myself. <sighs> it's really hard. Yo, fuck BarkBox, okay? Fuck them. Fuck them. Because they're giving me this generic-ass response of well we do these campaigns months in advance motherfucker i've been saying this shit for eight months try me bark box motherfucking try me you pieces of shit pussy ass bitches you fucking bitches hey bark box i got a message for you and it's specifically for you and how i feel about your products or no it's not how i feel about your products because i think it's great that you're making dogs happy and dog owners however you're stealing my likeness i'm pretty sure because i have a feeling about it and this is what I think about that. There, that's the one. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Somebody DM me and was like, you should tell everybody to go on BarkBox's social media and be like, why, you know, why just hire, just, just say like mean things. And I was like, I don't want to say people say mean things or be like, fuck you. That's not nice. Um, or maybe if you go on their social media and tag me and just say, like, you should do a collab with Christina. Because then I'll get money for it. I'm not trying to shit on them. Even though I am. 
Because all a comedian has is the thoughts and likeness of ourselves. Okay? When you steal that and you don't give me money, I'm be fucking pissed. I'm be fucking pissed. I wanted to plug, once again, my personal trainer, Talia. Because let me tell you something. I was born with a great bod. I got I to gotta say, I feel like my figure was very pinup girl-esque from the beginning. And let me tell you something. That is not fun when you're fucking 12, okay? It's not fun to have curves of a 30-year-old woman when you're goddamn 12, okay? Men looking at you like they want to kill you or eat you, and you're like, that's uncomfortable. Why is that happening? Oh, wait, are men dangerous? And the world was like, yeah, pretty much. Not all of them, but some of them are, and that ruins everyone, all the men's for you. So have fun with that, bitch. I'm like, oh, crap. Picked a, you know, and then my mom was... My mom was having depression and my dad was fighting with her because he's stressed. And I was like, well, ain't nobody here for me to talk to me about how I feel. So that sucks. Okay. Well, guess I'm just going to. Anyway, I'm talking about Talia, not me. Um, Talia is my personal trainer and she has been keeping me uh, fit like a fit bitch. This is not a, I mean, this is a plug, but it's not, I'm not getting paid for it. I just, I really love Talia and she does these challenges. She's going to do one on January 1st because it's the new year and it's like, well, let's like be a fit bitch. I got to say though, too, uh, exercising makes your endorphin levels go up. I feel like that's uh, that contributes to my calmness is is making sure I exercise. And I lift weights, not to brag, I got two 35-pound kettlebells and two 30-pound hand weights. So suck on my dick, bark books. <laughs> Talia does these four-week challenges where she does personal training and nutrition coaching and um, these hit classes. She does free hit classes on Sundays on Zoom. And all this info, this uh, I'm going to put in the description of the podcast. So don't don't worry. Like, I'm driving or I, I'm riding a horse, Christina. How am I going to write this down? Don't worry, boy. I got you. I'm putting it in the description. Okay. Also, that's mad cool to you riding horses. Um, But she's doing a four-week challenge starting January 1st. So if you wanted to sign up for it, I'm going to give you her email address. It's going to be in the description. I'm not going to tell it. To, well, yeah, I'm not going to tell it to you because I want you to keep listening, Okay. And it's at Talia Training is her handle. Again, it's all going to go in the thing. But you can do a workout. You don't even need any weights. This chick kicks my ass over FaceTime with zero weights. Because I'll, I'll say like, Talia, I'm feeling energetic today. I want to do a goddamn hit class. It's high intensity interval training. And she's like, okay. And she kicks my ass. for, And it's only 45 minutes, the hit class. And then the workout stuff. We do go an hour because we talk because we're friends. Um, but yeah, you should do it if you want. It costs money. DM her how much I don't know how much it is but uh it's not gonna be crazy because it's over FaceTime but I tell you man my ass got higher over quarantine not a lot of people can say that because I've been doing the squats and the deadlifts and all the things oh my god okay moving on there's a fucking show on Netflix called Alien Life have you guys been watching this shit? It's basically talking about the solar system and the planets. And then they talk about what they, they are like assuming what life could be like on other planets, given what the gravitational pull of that planet is and blah, blah, blah. A lot of shit that I don't really understand. Um, but and then they talk about places on Earth that are kind of like, oh, if an organism can live in this shithole called America, just kidding, it's other places, then it's possible there are our lives on other planets what would those lives look like and then they do renderings but the render it looks like it's a fucking real thing i don't know who the fuck they hired to animate this goddamn show pixar some shit but it looks real and every time they talk about a thing on earth that's kind of alien-ish like to talk about alligators because they're basically dinosaurs and how they could survive a big boom a big bang whatever we're calling it well, maybe alligators have been on this planet for a while. Maybe alligators can, an alligator type of animal can inhabit, you know, the planet of Atlas. Apparently, so an exoplanet is a planet that's not in our solar system. There are, they, they said this is an exact quote because I wrote this shit down. I was like, I got to talk about this on my podcast because I can't believe it's real. But I can believe it's real, you know, at the same time. There are billion trillion exoplanets. That's fucking wild. And the nearest exoplanet planet is trillion miles away from us. I'm like, Oh my Christ. Can you believe, maybe there's a parallel earth, you know, we don't fucking know, but then it'll cut to like this imagined plant, a real planet, I guess that they found one is called Atlas. And then they're talking about these imagined ways that life could be, but they look so real. And I just kept thinking to myself, I'm like, um, this is made up, right? Holy fucking shit. This is, this is someone's guess, right? Someone's guessing this, or is this like real? Cause it looks real. Excuse me. Can someone tell me that? Customer service, excuse me, Netflix. That's a funny prank call. Call Netflix customer service. 
because I'm terrified because I just watched Alien Life and I'm freaked out that one of those fucking creatures is going to come in my apartment and I don't think Raid will kill that. But then it got me looking at these. I, there was a giant fucking cockroach. It was already dead, but it still scared me nonetheless in my room. And I was like, is that an alien? Maybe it is. Like a cockroach could survive a lot of bullshit. Me talking in my room. That's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a video that I came across. It's a news item that I have to share with you. Before we read, I'm going to be reading an entire chapter because it's so goddamn good. This, I'm going to be reading a chapter 15, jumping to conclusions, and we're going to specifically be focusing on mind reading. The examples that he ever... I read the words in this chapter. I'm like, I got to repeat every goddamn word on the podcast episode. This is so good because what a common fucking thing this is for people to do. And once you start recognizing it, you're not affected by it anymore. Motherfuckers, that's how you win, bitch. Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. Beyonce Giselle knows Carter said it, and she said it exactly like that. She said, always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. She said exactly like that. Shut up, Kev. I love you so much. Don't. Sorry I said that to you. Um, but one more thing before we get into that. Uh, <laughs> before we get into mind reading. Giuliani. Okay. So you know how Trump's still like, but I, but I, I won and everyone's a fucking, everyone's either dead or alive, but either way I won and they're wrong and I'm right. And, you know, um, Giuliani had, is still working. I mean, boo boo. He was so of a sound mind when 9-11 happened and it was, he was, a, he was a leader that we needed. I don't know if he was doing corrupt shit while that was happening. Maybe. But all I do know is he spoke with calmness during 9-11 and that you can't discount that. So I feel bad for the guy. I honestly feel bad for him um, because I don't know how the mighty have fallen. I mean, he was a he was a smart person. Like very, he took down the goddamn mafia from all the construction companies in New York. I mean, it's still here because somebody told me about a story that was terrifying. I'm not going to say it because I ain't going to try to get hit on me. OK, I don't want to die. I want to live. I want to feel my feelings for January. Kill me after January. I just need to feel these feelings. Don't kill me, please. Um, but he he had a, his star witness. There's this video. Oh, my God. It's so wild. This woman, Melissa Carone. First of all, you cannot trust a woman whose foundation on their face is not blended with their neck. Okay. I, you can't try and I know some chicks don't know they're doing that but that's what's middle school and high school's for because kids are pieces of shit you get bullied about it in middle school and high school and then you never do it again but if you're doing this shit as a goddamn adult ass woman uh something's up with you okay so Melissa Carone there's this video of her testimony of her she she apparently witnessed voter fraud okay and I mean this you, you, you read the title of the video you're like oh this, this girl's gonna be a fucking piece of work and she, boy is she wait listen to some of this kevin you're really um like you can't get my attention okay listen to this listen to this whole book is completely off completely she's in court off that 30, poll, i'd say that poll book is off by over a hundred thousand that poll book why don't you look at the registered voters on there how many registered voters the pullback, the oh, pull shit. Book I accidentally. Oops. Off. Hold on. Unmute. Sorry. I'm trying to get to the bottom zero, of this here. Zero. There's zero. So my question then is if the. Yes, how many? Wait. What about, what about how? What, what, what about the turnout rate? 120%. When Giuliani's shushing you, that's bad. Let Representative Johnson ask his question. <laughs> so the poll book number, okay, there, there's two things that could happen here. Either the poll book number. If ballots were caught multiple, multiple times, there, there's two options. Option number one is that the poll book numbers are not going to match. They the, don't. The actual. Not by thousands and thousands of votes. That's not what we see right now. You that, take a look again. One. Take a look again. Option number two is that what they bitch. essentially were, were filling in names of people who didn't vote. That, Dead that, people, too? So is that, well, let's I guess, let is that Representative Johnson ask his question, and then when I he's done... I thought that was his answer. Okay. Well, I guess uh, that, that's well, my, my question here is... Why we're not seeing the poll book off by thirty thousand votes? That that's not the. What case. did you guys do? Take it and uh, do something crazy to it? <laughs> I'm just saying. Ah, she raised her eyebrows. Thirty thousand votes. So I know what I saw. That they're filling in. I know what votes? I saw, and I signed something saying that if I'm wrong, I can go to prison. 
Okay. Now, check out this fucking article about Melissa Carone, who you just heard, who you just heard talk in a court next to Rudy Giuliani to a Republican senator, representative, or whatever. As the star witness of the voter fraud case, this is the headline. This is the headline. <laughs> Giuliani's witness for voter fraud was Melissa Carone. Um, oh, Melissa Carone, Giuliani's star witness for the in the Trump campaign's election fraud case, harassed her her fiance's ex wife by sending her sex tapes. And I was like, Oh, give me some of that, boo boo. What she do? What she do? Melissa Carone, a key witness at Trump's campaign, bid to overturn the election of the presidential elec- uh, in in Michigan. <laughs> was on probation for sending her fiancé's ex-wife sex tapes. It emerged on Saturday. According to police records first obtained by Deadline Detroit, Carone harassed the woman for two years, stalking her and sending her explicit videos from an anonymous account of herself having sex with her boyfriend, the woman's former partner. Investigators managed to trace the email account sending the videos to Carone, According to the report, and Carone later told investigators that she had been the person sending them. <laughs> what is happening in this fucking world? Like, what? It's, it, I mean, you gotta really, it's a lot of work to not let that shit make you feel fucking nuts. Just so many people are, have their head so far up their beehole. It's, I can't even comprehend it. Oh my God. And, you know, I'm sure her mommy and daddy, Melissa Carones, weren't the nicest to her and didn't ask her how she felt. But you know what? My mom and dad didn't ask me how I felt either, Melissa. And I'm working on myself. Put the bottle down, Melissa. Jesus Christ. That was just, what? Huh? (laughs) Okay. Let's get to this shit. So I really want to try and make these episodes an hour or under. But who knows? You know what I mean? Like, whatever. This chapter um, is about a cognitive distortion, mind reading, that I see all the goddamn motherfucking time. I do it. You do it, bitch. Yeah, that's right. You. Melissa Carone does it. <laughs> trolls on the internet do it. It's almost like a hack thing that trolls do. But when you get like dragged on the internet, every uh, it, that's what happens to you. But like the my, like people come at you with their hate, but they're like telling you that they know how you feel. But it, it, in big instances and small instances, everyday instances. And the reason why I want to read this entire chapter is because the author, Daddy Burns, Daddy David Daddy Burns, really does a good example of of uh, of of talking about stories that embody. Everything he's talking about. I mean, I guess that's why you write a book, huh? (laughs) So we're going to read this whole chapter um, for the most part. Ready? Are you ready? Get ready to have your mind blown. Chapter 15. (laughs) Dave, a friend from the neighborhood, was riding his bicycle up Old La Honda Road towards Skyline Boulevard recently. This is a steep uphill climb and Dave was feeling tired, so he decided not to push too hard. I've had those days on blades, boy. Don't worry about it, boo. You got it. But he noticed someone on a bicycle right behind him, and his competitive juices kicked in. He didn't want to let the fellow pass him, so he sped up. Uh, uh, The man behind him sped up as well and stayed right on his tail. Dave felt irritated and told himself that the other rider was trying to beat him and ruining his leisurely morning ride, so he went all out. But no matter how fast he went, the man behind him stayed right on his trail. Tail. And trail. Fuck you. Dave told me that when he got to the top, he was furious and stopped on the edge of the road, braced for an angry confrontation. The man on the other side, uh, the other bicycle, pulled up next to him with a huge smile on his face and said, quote, thanks for the push. I could have never made it that fast without your help. Dave realized that he'd been involved in a cognitive distortion called jumping to conclusions. This is where you automatically assume something that isn't warranted by the facts at hand. There are two common examples of jumping to conclusions. And I'm going to read the one that we're going to focus on in this chapter, which is mind reading. You assume without convincing evidence that others are judging you or having negative feelings about you. And I mean, 
every motherfucker does this if you have social media you do this on social media and not on social media if you have uh, legs you do this if you have eyeballs you do this if you're a person you do this in this chapter we're focused on mind reading in the next two chapters we're focused on fortune telling blah blah we're doing mind reading this week baby negative okay so there are negative and positive versions of mind reading as there are with any cognitive distortion negative mind reading you assume others are reacting far more negatively to you than they really are and that's something i do all the time but that's why i love having a dog because i just he i know that motherfucker don't think negative thoughts about me he only thinks negative thoughts about my vacuum cleaner he hates that thing y'all and then positive mind reading you assume others are reacting far more positively than you they really are (laughs) i do that too (laughs) i'm like oh you all love me okay I've often been misled by both forms of mind reading. We usually think we know how the other people feel about us, but it's really easy to get fooled. You don't say, Daddy Burns. You don't say. For example, during an inpatient cognitive therapy group at my hospital in Philadelphia. Hey, side note. um, Remember how I said at the first episode of this podcast that um, I'm a sperm donor baby and I found out through 23andMe? Well, the man who donated sperm to me um, went to the same college as this author and I found that out and I cried and I was like the world is crazy I love it anyway um during an inpatient cognitive therapy group at my hospital in Philadelphia I was working with a severely depressed woman named Lucretia who had experienced two traumatic events in the same week on Monday her husband walked out on her and on Tuesday she lost her job (laughs) poor girl she felt hopeless and suicidal and she was telling herself that she was a worthless human being During the group, I showed Lucretia how to talk back to her negative thoughts, and she seemed to be feeling much better by the end. I thought I'd done a fantastic job. Well, don't think so fast, Daddy Burns. At the start and end of each group, I ask all patients to complete my brief mood survey so I can see how severe their symptoms are and how much they've improved during the group. And guys, that's a part of your mood journal. If you just want to just, I mean, just take, take note of your mood more. But this is something that Daddy Burns does a lot. It only takes them about a minute. At the end of each group, I also ask them to rate me on several scales that assess empathy and helpfulness. I expect glowing ratings from Lucretia, but was shocked to discover that her depression and suicidal urges had gotten much worse. In addition, she gave me the lowest scores I've ever seen on an empathy and helpfulness scales. I was perplexed and convinced that she'd made a mistake. Yeah, it's always the other person, Daddy Burns, isn't it? When filling out the forms. So I asked her to review her answers and make sure that they were correct. Sometimes people get confused by the response options and fill out the scales in the opposite way they intended. Lucretia glanced over at her answers and said, there's no mistake here, Dr. Burns. And I said, what do you mean? You just had a terrific session. Lucretia responded, terrific for you, maybe. I asked what she means. She explained that when I said she'd done a double whammy, losing her job and husband at the same time, she thought I was making fun of her since double whammy sounded like a phrase in a comic book. She had no idea that she, or sorry, I had no idea, meaning daddy fucking burns. I had no idea that she'd reacted so negatively to my comment. Fortunately, we had a good talk and quickly resolved the problem. But if I hadn't used the assessment techniques, I would have been totally deceived into thinking I'd done a terrific job. Yeah, that shit. Negative and positive mind reading is something I do all the time. You got to check in. This was a classic example of positive mind reading, though I've been fooled by negative mind reading as well. For example, yes, give me an example, Daddy Brian. Give me an example. At the start of the group next week, I I noticed a newly admitted patient named Rose was feeling extremely depressed, anxious, and angry. She had just been hospitalized involuntarily, that blows, on our locked unit because of a failed suicide attempt the night before. She defiantly announced that she intended to complete the job the first chance she got. Women are very determined. Rose explained that she'd been treated for depression for years, but nothing has ever helped, and she felt horrible every minute of every day. She said that she'd struggled with a crack cocaine habit and had been living in recovery house in Philadelphia. She'd been clean and sober for two months, but had slipped up and used crack following an argument with her roommate. The staff threatened to kick her out of the program, so she got mad and tried to kill herself. She said she felt utterly worthless and had decided it was time to face the facts about her life and cash it in. I asked how many other patients in the group sometimes felt worthless and hopeless or even suicidal. Every hand went up. I asked Rose if she'd like some help 
during the group and if she'd ever been treated with cognitive therapy. She practically bit my head off. She said I sounded like every other stupid, quote, stupid fucking shrink she'd wasted time with and loudly announced that she had no interest whatsoever in any of my, quote, fucking cognitive therapy. I felt about two inches tall and decided Rose wasn't going to be the best person to work with during the group. But I, I, I backed off and worked with a woman on the other side of the room who also felt hopeless and worthless. Rose didn't utter a word the entire time. I was afraid to look up in her direction, but could sense that she was staring at me with daggers in her eyes. We had a reasonably good group, but I, just, I dreaded having to review Rose's feedback at the end of the session. I was taken aback when I saw that her depression, suicide, anxiety, and anger scores had fallen to zero, which would seem to indicate complete recovery. Rose, you smoke a crack again? I was even more surprised to see that she'd given me perfect scores on empathy and helpfulness. Is that the crack talking? At the bottom of the feedback forum, I asked patients to describe how they felt about the group. For the section on what did you like the least, Rose had simply wrote nothing. For the section on what did you like the best, she wrote, quote, Dr. Burns, when you worked with that other woman, I felt like you were working with me. Her negative thoughts and feelings were just like mine. I've never had cognitive therapy before, and I didn't even know what a cognitive distortion was. I always thought my problem was that I was a really, really was a worthless and horrible human being. But now I see that the real problem is the way I've been thinking, and now I can see how distorted and unfair my negative thoughts have been. I can hardly believe I'm saying this, but I'm feeling joy and full self-esteem right now. In fact, this is the first happiness I've experienced in my entire life. Thank you so much. The last hour and a half has changed my life. Um, that one, the crack talking, that was some cognitive therapy doing its work. Daddy Burns, yes, bitch. Cure us, bitch. Give me that help, Daddy Burns. What the, I mean, wow. I was reading that part and I was like, because when she, he said that she, she wrote that she, her depression went away, I'm like, yeah, right. You fucking lying to me, Daddy Burns, in this book. And then I, I was like, God damn. But I gotta say, it's the rub, baby. Hear it, well, a lot of stuff's the rub. But hearing people talk about Guys We Fucked is a perfect example. Hearing somebody come on Guys We Fucked. Wendy Starling came on Guys We Fucked. She's a stand-up comedian, one of my closest friends. I fucking love that woman more than anything. Um, talked about a rape, that, a rape that she experienced. Pretty brutal rape at a friend's wedding. And... She's a comedian and her natural, her and I, I mean, I, the times that I feel suicidal, which happens, it happens to all of us. That's why I say, congrats on not killing yourself. I fucking mean it. Okay. But when I feel my, I mean, I call Wendy when I don't feel most depressed, but she's the only person I want to call when I feel the most depressed because I can just laugh about it. But my point is when she came on guys, we fucked and talked about that. It We got, do you understand? We got thousands of emails that month that that episode got released saying i realized i was raped for the first time or i called it rape for the first time how because everybody handles everything differently there's no wrong way to handle it i mean don't be a piece of shit that's mean to other people and poops in other people's eyes or whatever but it, it, hearing somebody else experience pain is really helpful and that's why i kind of push myself to talk about how i'm feeling on this podcast and on guys we fuck because i see what it does and what a simple beautiful way to feel better right so that's what rose said and then moving on to daddy burns if i hadn't been using the assessment tests i wouldn't have ever known that the group had been so helpful to her and i probably would have gone out of my way to avoid making eye contact with her if i saw her on in a psychiatric unit in this case i was fooled by negative mind reading that's a that's a powerful ass story y'all positive and negative mind reading is far more common than you might think yeah no shit i fucking know it's common daddy burns i do it all the time and then other people do it to me all the time and i'm like i can't read your minds we're using we're usually convinced that we know how people think and feel including how they feel about us but most of the time we don't therapists often miss the boat and family members do too yeah i would say family members can sometimes have a tendency to do that as well the results can sometimes be disastrous. You don't say, Daddy Burns. You don't say. 
For example, I did a study at a community mental health clinic in New York. Ooh, that's where I live. To evaluate the accuracy of therapists and caregivers' evaluations who brought children in for treatment. I asked the children, their therapists, and their mothers to rate how they thought their children were feeling. When I analyzed the data, I was amazed to discover that the therapist's accuracy was about zero. And the mothers didn't do any much better. There was pretty much no correlation between how the children felt and how their therapists or mothers thought they felt. And that is, that, we want to make the world a better place? Ask your kids how they fucking feel, but don't ask them in that fucking tone. Don't be like, how do you fucking feel, Nathaniel? Just go, hey, how do you feel? Just ask your kids. Don't assume. Don't assume. God, that gives me so much angst and triggers and all the shit and the poop. Error, the errors were not trivial. For example, the mother of one little boy rated his depression and suicidal urges at zero. She was convinced that her son did not feel depressed and the therapist agreed with that assessment. And look, if you're that mom and you're like, my baby's fine. For whatever reason that you say think your baby's fine, it doesn't matter why. I'm sure we could trace the roots of all the reasons why you might think that. Maybe you don't want to face the fact that you're, you haven't been there for him. Oh, there's just so many things. But that's not the point. We're doing mind reading right now. So she assumed, mine read, that her son was fine. And then the therapist agreed. So now she's getting outside support in her bullshit that she doesn't even know is bullshit. And so that kid's fucked. Enter Daddy Burns. How did the boy actually feel? His depression and suicidal scores were at the top of the scale. In the matter of the assessment, uh, in the margin, oops, of the assessment test, he wrote, oh, this example makes me cry. He wrote that he had borrowed a gun from a friend and had plans to kill himself on Friday. In this case, mind reading almost resulted in the death of a little boy. But the assessment test alerted the mother and the therapist to what was really going on and likely definitely saved his life it's not only therapists or family members who may be off base yeah i know daddy burns i've walked around this world for 32 goddamn years i'm aware when you're involved in positive or negative mind reading you may not realize it either do you know why <sighs> this part this part this part it's because when people are annoyed with you most of the time They'll hide their feelings and act polite. Y'all, I underlined that a billion trillion times because I was like, I do that. And then I'm like, everybody knows does that. Except for Corinne Fisher and people think she's a bitch, but she's actually not. She's just honest with you. Okay? That girl's one of my closest friends. She is the nicest, kindest, sweetest person. But people think that she's not simply because she's fucking honest with them which is a courtesy and an act of respect. Okay? And, it, it, you know, not to get all gendery. Gender's a bunch of bullshit, but not according to our society. So I'm going to talk about how society fucks us up, okay? When a woman is honest about how she feels, in the boardroom, in a pitch meeting, in a job interview, ah, shit backfires. The shit backfires, bro. Because then we get called a bitch. And then I want to kill you because I'm just being honest. And then I'll really act like a bitch. Self-fulfilling prophecy, motherfuckers. They may not tell you how they feel because they're unassertive or trying to avoid a conflict. That's what happens when I was treating Lucretia. I got completely fooled by positive mind reading, thinking she'd really liked the session. We get fooled by negative mind reading for another reason. If you think people are judging you or having negative thoughts and feelings about you, well, are they Daddy Burns or aren't they? Then they probably won't ask them how they feel for the same reason. It's embarrassing and you may want to avoid a conflict. Well, yeah, because conflict's scary and it makes me quake in my boots. As a result, you never get the information you need. We don't get the information we need, motherfuckers, because we're scared to ask. And it's, I used to think that I was scared to ask because I was like, I don't want to know the truth because I feel like I do know the truth. That was me. Mind reading, motherfucker. It's mind reading on top of mind reading on top of mind reading. And then you're standing on top of a pile of poopy and you're like, this is not the life I dreamt of. Houston, we gotta go back in time. Redo. But you can't go back in time. But you can change now, motherfuckers. In addition, you may assume that people are annoyed with you when they're not. 
I used to do that all the time. And I had friends that did that a lot. Not, you know, I have, I know people that do that and it's fucking annoying. So again, self-fulfilling prophecy. So you said we got a self-fulfilling prophecy? Sometimes people think you're so annoyed or upset with them and then that's annoying. Because when you're really not, like, bitch, I ain't thinking about you like that. In fact, I ain't thinking about you hardly at all unless we're hanging out, which is when I'm thinking about you because I'm spending my time with you, okay? Jesus Christ. It's not all about you, Todd. Tiffany. In a, uh, okay. Um, as a result, you may feel upset and react to the other person defensively because you think, you know, you assume they're annoyed with you. Or you may say something aggressive because you don't like being judged, even though, you, even though Houston, you're not being judged. Over, you're not being judged. It's in your head. They don't give a fuck about you. I repeat, they don't give a fuck about you. In turn, the other person will pick up the tension and feel annoyed or frustrated with you. And the negative interactions you imagined becomes a reality. And then you go, just like that mom with that, I don't, my baby boy don't have depression. And the therapist was like, I agree. And they're like, all right, problem solved. Well, if you assume the person's annoyed with you and then you act defensively and that person rightfully gets annoyed with you, you're like, see, I was right. Houston, you're not right. I repeat, your brain's a fucking asshole. Thank you. That's why I always use assessment tests in my teaching and in my therapy sessions. The information is sometimes shocking, but always illuminating. Ooh, I like that. Sometimes shocking, but always illuminating. My students and patients have been my best teachers so far. And that's why, that's why I like this author, because he's willing to learn and admit his distortions that we all should be like Daddy Burns and Beyonce. Of course, you can't usually use written feedback to find out how others feel about you. <laughs> can't with that attitude, Daddy Burns. You kidding me? I'll survey all my goddamn friends via text. So what can you do? Inquiry and self-disclosure. Let's fucking talk about it. Lots of techniques can be helpful. But inquiry and self-disclosure are especially useful. Inquiry. You ask people what they're thinking and feeling rather than jumping to conclusions. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, better. But you don't have to be like, what do you feel about me? You should be like, hey, I, I'm getting the feeling that you're upset with me. Um, I could be off base. How do you feel? I've actually said that to somebody. And if I can do that, if your girl can get over herself and understand that she's probably just victimizing herself and jumping to conclusions and reading people's minds and calmly ask the other person, hey, I feel like you're feeling this, but you know, I'm just trying to figure out my feelings and I'd rather ask you than assume. So how do you feel? It's so easy. If I can do that, because that would have been, if you told me two years ago that I'd be the kind of person that calmly respectfully talks to their friends and ask them how they feel instead of assuming i tell you you're on crack tell you you're on crack okay so let's talk about the inquiry oh we already did uh this is one okay i'll, I'll read it again though because they go off on tangents and sometimes i forget what i just said so fuck you i'm doing this for me and you inquiry is you ask people what they're thinking and feeling rather than jumping to conclusions this is one of the five secrets of effective communication and it is an art form that requires practice and courage i love that he said that because it's fucking scary to do that and it, i love that he said it's an art form it fucking is because have, i don't i hope all of you listening to this have had the pleasure of having a friend in your life or being in the presence of somebody who is completely comfortable with themselves and not afraid of shit the way most of us are. Me included. Don't worry. Don't feel bad about yourself. Right there with you, boys and girls and days and thems. But, um, what was I saying? Oh, that you, when, when somebody like really can communicate well and can be honest with others in a way that's like respectful and shit, you're like, wait, who are you from an exoplanet? I don't get it. Wait, I can't compute. Are you you're just like being honest with other people? And it's like not making them mad? What the fuck? You're a witch. You may recall that Karen, the woman in chapter four. Oh, remember Karen? Girl, that I, that was the woman who said, whose daughter got shot in the face, I'm pretty sure. Was involved in mind reading when she told herself that the therapists in the audience were judging her. When she had asked them how they felt, she discovered that they actually had tremendous admiration for her. This was a huge surprise to her. Here's another technique, self-disclosure. This is a good one. This is the opposite of inquiry. Instead of asking people how they feel, 
you tell them how you feel since you can't read your mind either. Since, oh, others can't read your mind either. I mean, hopefully you can read your own mind, guys. Let me repeat that. Uh, This is the opposite of inquiry. Instead of asking people how they feel, you tell them how you feel since others can't read your mind either. For example, if you're shy, then you may be intensely ashamed of your shyness and try to hide your insecurities in social situations. You may try to act normal or cool because you're convinced that your shyness indicates some shameful defect. Of course, hiding your true self intensifies the feeling of shame and the shyness as well. When you use self-disclosure, you simply open up your feelings instead of trying to fake it. Man, when people fake it, um, I just have so little tolerance for people faking how they feel or like faking. You could tell. You see it on social media a lot. You see it in the real world a lot. And I and I, I'm just like, eh, I don't I don't want you. I don't want to be. I don't want to look at you. I don't want to listen to you. Like I ain't trying to be around anybody that's fake. And we all, I mean, I will go through the rest of my long, beautiful, gorgeous life. Um, I'm sure I will be fake, you know, and then I'll catch myself. Hopefully I'll catch myself because we all are guilty of this or we all are, are capable of doing it, I should say. Um, but man, fakeness, I'm like, ugh, ugh. When I don't like a comedian, it's because they're fucking fake and I feel like they don't really care about what they say, which is not many comedians because you're doing it for long enough. You fucking, you're forced to be yourself. Uh, well, yeah, when you use self-disclosure, you simply open up about your feelings instead of trying to fake it. This can open up a much more meaningful connection with the other person, but it can be frightening. You don't say, Daddy Burns. For example, I once treated a handsome fellow, oh, yeah, named Robert. Okay, hi, Robert, who was incredibly lonely. Boo-boo, I'll warm you up. Because he was painfully shy in social situations. Oh, I'll bring out your, your non-shy side. He wanted to get married and settle down, but he said he was too shy to even make uh, meaningful connections with a, with single women. He hasn't met me yet. Robert would go to singles bars and stand singles bars was your first mistake and stand at the side watching everyone mingle, feeling terrified and telling himself he shouldn't feel so anxious and insecure. Every night he went home alone feeling ashamed and dejected. Oh, Robert, I'll give you a hug if you want. I encouraged him to use self-disclosure and simply tell the women he met that he felt shy and awkward. Yo, bitches will get wet over that, honestly. Because we're so used to, you know, especially if you're living in a city, you're used to guys being like, yo, ma, nice titties. Mm, I want to fuck that ass. Somebody, I heard some guy catcall a girl the other day and he just said, he just straight up said, I want to fuck that ass. I'm like, oh my God. He just doesn't have any filter, huh? But if a guy came up to me and he's like, I, I must say, I'm, I'm pretty shy. I'm like, oh, here we go, boo-boo. I'm about to be your friend. He stubbornly refused, Robert, the handsome man, because he was absolutely convinced that he'd sound like a loser and get rejected. This is classic mind reading. It is common in people who struggle with shyness. You girl don't struggle with shyness. That I can tell you. I struggle with a lot of other things, though. A lot of other things. Just we can list them out, but it'd take too long. You feel certain that you know how other people feel about you. I told Robert he had to use self-disclosure if he wanted to keep working, if he wanted me to keep working with him, no matter how hard it seemed. Now, that's a good therapist because it's like, boo-boo, you're not going to let me help you. Why? I'm not going to let you waste your money. This is called the gentle ultimatum. Oh, a gentle ultimatum. That's nice. It's really important in the treatment of anxiety because individuals who are anxious will nearly always resist confronting their fears. Yeah, I could. That checks out. The following Saturday night, Robert bit the bullet and approached a woman in a bar. He told her he felt really shy and awkward, but thought she was attractive. I mean, come on. I'm wet thinking about that. If a guy came up to me and was like, I'm really shy, but I think you're really beautiful. Oh, you kidding me? Let's go Netflix and chill back in my place. By that, I mean, I'll blow you. I don't care. After a brief conversation, she said she also felt uncomfortable in singles bars, and she suggested they drive to the beach instead. Robert was quite surprised. And honestly, I hope she, I mean, she probably had like a self-defense weapon on her because she didn't know, you know, you can also, you know, guys can lie and say they're shy. Maybe they're not. Anyway, this isn't about that. Once they arrived at the beach, she suggested they might take a midnight swim in the ocean. Robert pointed out that they had no suits. She said, so? Oh, girl, I like your style. You really trust Robert, though. But he you could trust him, but, you know, just be careful. Robert was even more surprised. They took a skinny dip in the ocean under the full moon. Oh, that's so nice. Can you tell I haven't been late in so long? Their adventure turned out to be extremely exciting, and they started dating regularly. 
Aw. Robert declared himself cured and terminated therapy after a couple more sessions. <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but... You know, okay. I didn't see Robert again for several years until one evening when I was eating dinner with my family at a local restaurant. Robert came in with an attractive woman and three children. <sighs> he spotted me and profoundly introduced his wife and children. Then he said, see, Dr. Burns, your therapy worked. Oh my God, that's so nice. Yo, Daddy Burns got to be feeling mad good about himself all the time. That's so cool. Self-disclosure is definitely scary and it has to be done thoughtfully because it can backfire if you do it in a self-effacing or clumsy manner. For example, I'm not recommending you just walk down the street and talk about your deepest, worst fears or flaws with every single stranger you meet. Oh, oops. And I'm not suggesting that you talk to your boss or customers in a totally uninhibited way either. But if you do do self-disclosure thoughtfully, it can be incredibly helpful. Other people cannot read your mind and vice versa. But if you open up and share your feelings instead of acting phony and hiding them like a little bitch, I added that part, then you will often connect with others at a much deeper level. I mean, what more can you ask for? Seriously, it's not as, it's, it's scary, but it's not, it feels so good to connect with people on a deep level. That's what life's about. Now let's get into this because I really want to see if I can not take up more of your time, guys. Because it's valuable and so is mine and so is Kevin's and so is this fart song that I got to listen to the second I'm done recording because it's so goddamn funny. Let's talk about feared fantasy. All right. I write about these techniques. I try to make them seem simple so you can see exactly how each technique works. But we all know it's not always so simple and things don't always have happy endings. What then? Yeah. What then, motherfuckers? What then? For example, if you're mind reading that somebody is annoyed with you, judging you or rejecting you. Oh, that sounds terrible, Daddy Burns. It's possible that you're right. Ah, crap. <laughs> it's he's true, though. That's the thing. You can't just because he's saying like you're assuming you're assuming you're assuming. Sometimes your assumptions will be right. OK, so when you use the inquiry technique to ask them how they feel, you might not experience a kumbaya moment. Yeah, no flying fucking shit, dude. What then? You can try the feared fantasy technique. Ooh, that sounds like something sexual that I would be absolutely up for. Again, nine months, haven't had it. Oh, oh my God. I didn't read this part because I knew I wanted to read the whole thing. So I wanted to read it out loud to you um, because I wanted to, my reactions to be authentic for this particular part. And he mentions my favorite fucking Disney movie ever and, well, and story ever, even though a pedophile did write it and I know that, but I just don't think of that when I read it. Feared fantasy. You enter an Alice in Wonderland nightmare world. Oh, he's talking about it in a bad way. Where you, you, there are really two really weird rules. First, people really are having negative thoughts about you. Again, this is a fantasy, y'all. It's not real. So the first rule is people really are having negative thoughts about you. The second, they aren't polite, but get right up in your face and tell you what they think. Like worst case scenario. It's like playing out a worst case scenario. For example, if you're afraid of rejection or disapproval, in this world, people really do reject you and disapprove of you. In addition, they aren't nice about it and tell you what they really think. They try hard to put you down and humiliate you. This technique might sound scary. Yeah, a little bit. Or, you know, that's what happens in my head all the time anyway, bitch. So just a regular day in the life of a bitch. But by you facing your worst fear, you often realize that the monster has no teeth. Oh, that's just, I love that. The monster has no teeth. But her pussy, that got teeth. Mm -hmm. To use this technique, start off by writing down all the negative thoughts you think about, uh, you think other people may have about you. There are the th these are the things that people might think uh, but won't ordinarily say. And again, these sh this shit could be true or not true. But likely, they don't give a shit about you the much as, as you think. Continuing with my own self-disclosure, here are some things that I'm worried judgmental readers may be thinking about me. One, he really sounds disturbed. <laughs> Two, he's a phony because he's more screwed up than his pa patients. Three, he can't even pee in a public restroom. That's weird. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he talked about that earlier, but I didn't go over that part. Four, I'm going to tell every, everyone about him. Well, that's a good thing. Five, I'm going to throw the stupid book away or ask for a refund. Of course, your own list of fear judgment thoughts will be different. Yeah. Because I can, bitch, I can pee in public. I can pee like on the street, okay? I ain't got problem doing that. 
but I'll show you how it works with mine. You can respond to the criticism of this feared fantasy person by using a combination of self-defense. It was that like karate chopping and the acceptance paradox. Okay, so this is like imagining you're in this Alice in Wonderland land. When you use self-defense, you argue with the feared fantasy person and insist that what he or she is saying simply isn't true. When you use the acceptance paradox, you win by agreeing with the critic with a sense of humor or inner peace. Oh, that's my favorite one. Christina, you're a stupid bitch. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I am a stupid bitch. That felt great. I'll show you how it works. We can stick with my personal example, and you can be the feared first in, uh, fantasy person. I don't know if you want to address me as David or Dr. Burns, but we'll use the more familiar David. I hope that's okay. All right, so he wrote out a script, and I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'll be the feared fantasy person is going to be um, a fuckboy uh, voice, so that's how you can tell them apart. And the regular voice is going to be David. So these, this is this is an example of him acting out a feared fantasy. This is the feared fantasy person. Gee, David, I read your book and now I can see how screwed up you are. I have tons of flaws, even more than I wrote about in the book. What do you think? Well, to be totally honest, I'm judging you. You sound more screwed up than most of your patients. Well, that might be. But in a way, it's helped me because I think I have more understanding and compassion for my patients. In addition, working to overcome some of my own flaws and insecurities has given me more powerful tools to help my patients. I know what works and what doesn't. Well, you could say anything you want, but no one would want to work with such a screwed up psychiatrist. Actually, you might be surprised. I've had many patients who've seemed to appreciate the work we've done together. Perhaps they have low standards. (laughs) That's funny. But they seem far more interested in some compassion and help with their own problems than in judging me for my flaws. And when they found out I was flawed, most of them seemed to like me even more. Totally weird, don't you think? Yes, that might be because you can't even pee in a public restroom. You fucking idiot piece of shit. I added that part. That was incredibly embarrassing for me for a long time. And I tried to hide it. But to be honest, I've more or less gotten over it. And I can use public restrooms all the time now. It's not a problem at home either. Well, I hope it won't be a piece of shit. Of course, I probably won't. Uh, wouldn't want a group of friends pointing and staring at me derisively. Is that I say that word right? When I pee, as I might freeze up. But that's not much of a problem since no one seems to want to stare at me while I'm peeing. Well, I've never had that problem with peeing in public restrooms. I know, I know. I've heard you pee really well. Kudos to you. I may even nominate you for a peeing award. I was trying to be funny and it's corny, but you get it. Or perhaps the Peabody Award. (laughs) He's got jokes, ladies and gentlemen. I can't remember what the exact name is. I'm going to tell everyone about what a nut you are, and I'm going to reject you too. (laughs) Oh, I hope you tell lots of people. It might boost sales for this book. I would appreciate that, really. But one thing you said does make me sad. What's that? I'm sad that you're going to reject me because I've always liked you and enjoying hanging out with you. But gosh, (laughs) was he in the 50s? You sound really angry and upset with me. Is it hard for you to have a friend who's got so many flaws? Do you prefer to hang out with other people who are really confident and well-adjusted? I don't want to listen to you anymore. I'm going to throw your stupid book away. I am sad that my book wasn't helpful for you, but if you give it to me instead of throwing it away, I can probably give it to someone who needs a copy. I think there are lots of people who would might appreciate a free copy. And scene. Thank you. I did go to acting school. Appreciate it. Remember that this technique is not preparation for real life. Well, yeah. Eh, you'd be surprised. When you do a feared fantasy dialogue, the feared fantasy person is simply the, the uh, a projection of your own self-critical thoughts. So you could be as much of a dick as you want to yourself. You're really you're doing it already. You're really doing a battle with yourself. For example, the feared fantasy person in this example was just the projection of my own negative thoughts. It was a self-critical David <laughs> or Danny Burns. If you'd like to try this technique, make a list of the negative judgmental things you're afraid of other people might be thinking about you. Then write out your own feared fantasy dialogue. If you're brave, you can act it out with a friend or family member. I'm not going to do that. Let your friends start out as the feared fantasy person who attacks you with the list of your own imagined negative thoughts. Uses, use lots of role reversals if your friend hits you with something you can't easily defeat. Remember these simple guidelines. You cannot respond effectively to one of the imaginary criticisms and you're using self-defense. Oh, wait, what? 
If you if you cannot, <laughs> I missed a word. If you can't res- uh, respond effectively to one of the imaginary criticisms, and you're using self defense, try the accept acceptance paradox instead. So agree with them. It, you could just see uh, the times that I've agreed with somebody who's come at me angry, and they want me to get as angry as they are, so I can like you know flame, f- you know, fan their flames. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. They melt. If you cannot respond effectively to one of the imaginary criticisms and you're using the self-acceptance paradox, try self-defense instead. If neither strategy is effective, try a combination of the acceptance paradox and self-defense. In this chapter, we've reviewed three strategies for challenging mind reading. Inquiry. Remember that one, guys? Self-disclosure. That's you say how you're feeling. And the, and, but you do use it, use it mindfully and, and kindly, okay? And feared fantasy technique along with the self-defense paradigm and acceptance paradox. So that's that's that. Oh, I looked down. It was exactly an hour. Now I'm going over. And you know what? Suck my nuts, BarkBox. Okay. Guys, congrats on not killing yourself. That was that was today's episode. I found it very helpful. And I hope you did too. Uh, if you have songs that make you cry or that really put you in your feelings, DM them or email them to me. Feel Your Feelings January playlist is up on Spotify. And in January, I have a book that will woo make the toughest boys cry, okay? This book that I'm going to be going into in January is very, uh, I've had many, uh, many, I've had many. I've had a lot of uh, aha moments, probably more so than I've had with any book, um, this particular book. And it's about forgiveness, Um but for yourself it's it's a it's uh, it's oh it's about really feeling your feelings guys and it's a perfect feel your feelings january um book for us to go into so but next the next couple weeks we're still gonna do this one we got fortune telling about hopelessness but you know a lot of those sad fucks and maybe you are one i used to be one but guys at the end of the day all we gotta remember is it's gonna be okay you know you can't read people's minds other people can't read your minds so you want to uh, tactfully, thoughtfully disclose how you feel, and maybe the world would be less filled with poopy, okay? I'm not talking about the stuff that comes out of your butt. I'm talking about all the pain that you fling at others because you don't want to look at yours, or you don't even know that you have it, and then you're be walking around your piece of shit, okay? Don't be a piece of shit. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. If you could read my mind, love. What a tale my thoughts could tell Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet You know that ghost is me And I will never be set free As long as I I could read your mind, love What a tale your thoughts could tell Just like a paperback novel The kind the drugstore sells When you reach the part Where the heartaches come The hero would be me Heroes often fail You won't that book again because the ending just too hard to take I'd walk away like a movie star who gets burned in a three-way script Into number two A movie queen to play the scene Of bringing all the good things out in me But for now, love, let's be real I never thought I could act this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back 
feel my thoughts could tell Just like an old time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet The story always ends If you read between the lines You'll know that I'm just trying to understand The feelings that you lack I never thought I could feel this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone and I just 